Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of shadows and bliss. My name is Cass and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the afternoon of Skalum, the 14th of Lyonne, in the year 1083 PR, only moments after the party dispatched likely members of the Cult of Bliss in a safe house near Dockside. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? So, about two weeks ago, my partner and I picked up new knives for our kitchen because we deserve to have good knives. Uh, and that way we would sort of have taken care of our Christmas present for each other. Um, and about a week in, she cut herself with a knife and I was like, you absolute fool. How could you, you knew these knives would be super sharp. You're so silly. Ha 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 ha. It was exactly like that word for word. And then um, tonight, I went to make, I went to cut some lemons. <laughs> I pulled out the knife. And I did what I always do. I pulled it out of the block like you do. And then I sort of, I, because I was holding it by the tip, because of course it was surrounded by other hilts of the of knives. I like juggled it a little to like slide the hilt deeper into my hand, into my grip. And when I clutched the knife again, I caught the very tip of the back of the blade. And you won't believe this, but the knives are sharp. So I cut myself <laughs> with the stupid new knife and it wasn't a bad cut, but yeah, then I had to cut lemons with this hand and it was really a payment for my hubris at laughing it. So I'm going to take a minus one because uh, it could have been worse, but uh, also I deserved it. So Okay, so I am going to take a minus two because on the weekend I slept on an air mattress and I have never felt so old in my life. The first night was like, oof, that was not very pleasant. The second night, I don't know how many times I woke up with like an achy hip, my achy back, my shoulder hurt, my neck hurt, and I had to keep adjusting my positions. I had terrible sleep, and when I woke up, like just everything hurt. And here we are, what is this, like five days later, and I still have aches. So... I guess I'm not getting any younger. I don't know. But I hate that air mattress. I got all of my hair cut off. 
and my head is so light and free, so I am going to give myself a plus one for having a very light and free head. So today I helped with cooking Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not the best at this type of cooking because I, I can do recipes, but they have my stepmom had a lot of original recipes that I had to have orders part to. Uh, so I'm going to take a plus one because not only did I do that, we all packed it up and we had everything timed so well that the food was still hot when we drove over to my grandmother's house, which is only 10 minutes away, but all the food was timed and done at the same time at uh, two o'clock. So I'll take a plus one for my contribution in that. Let's see what you roll. 13. Ooh, I rolled a 13, but with two, that's a, or no, with a minus two, that's, that's 11. I rolled a 15 plus one, a 16. I got a five. Hello, my name is Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Uh, my fun fact about Faileth this week is that she absolutely despises spicy food. Um, she once got into a pepper patch and, as a starving child, just went hog-wild on the peppers and discovered that some food is angry. I am Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian on Twitter and on Twitch. But on Twitch, I spell it with a zero. And I am playing Melian Barebone, a changeling barbarian uh, of the ancestral guardian persuasion. Uh, so that people know when I yell ancestral guardian stuff later. Because uh, that might happen. You don't know. Uh, and Melian typically appears to be a bearded half-elven young man uh, who is about 5'11", has red hair, and has most notably, a scar running along his cheek from his upper lip and curving around to make his right ear. Uh, I don't have a fun fact about Melian this week. My fun fact about Melian is that he's tired. He's very tired right now. Hi, my name's Allie, and I'm playing Quarry Anakalathi Bo Stukbates, a Goliath Paladin of Soul. And something about Goliaths. Balance is a key to Goliath beliefs. Life and death, stability and change, dark and light. You get the picture. Hey everyone, my name's Corey, and I'm guest playing Andre Rostam Thomason, who is a paladin of Cain under the Order of the Commons. And a fun fact about him is Andre actually met his wife when responding to a disturbance uh, while he was actually still part of the City Watch. And she wasn't the perpetrator, but she was a witness that helped uh, find the actual perpetrators. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Okay, I'm getting some kind of police procedural, maybe like coroner drama. Oh, or or it could be like a legal sort of following a team of lawyers maybe investigative lawyering well there are a lot of body parts in this room that's <laughs> true okay police procedural okay so it's definitely a show about a coroner who's also a necromancer <laughs> and that's how he gets his like body parts i would watch that show it's also how he actually, like, does the autopsies. He's not ever actually doing the autopsy. He's just asking the person how they died. 
That's how he gets away with all the missing body parts. People are like, yeah, it's a little sketchy, but he's so good. He just seems to know. And fast, too. Anyway, sorry. I digress. Jars and vials filled to the brim with appendages and organs suspended in liquids. Alembics and stills that quietly bubble in the background, and all the trappings of necromantic alchemy are strewn about the laboratory located on the second floor of this safe house. A large gaping hole in the floor resides where the table, once holding up a stitched together body, used to be. Andre, you stand near the left side of the room. The necromancer's assistant is held in your grip, and you are in the process of putting manacles onto him. Faileth and Melian, you stand at the far end of the right side of the room, with the corpse of the dead necromancer at your feet. Enquari, you stand near the hole recently blasted in the floor by the machine or array of some kind that has been constructed that was charging energy. All the while, the assistants, is it left or right? One of the assistants' hands crawls away, scampering down the stairs. So, what will the party do? Do we notice this hand scampering off down the stairs? What is everyone's passive perception? Bad. Ten. Literally ten. Yeah, I got eleven. Twelve. Yeah, Andre's got a fourteen for his. Oh no, sorry, sorry, that's my passive insight, sorry. My passive perception's eleven. Unfortunately, at the moment, none of you notice that there is this small hand scampering. Why did you say unfortunately? Fortunately. Or unfortunately for you? Fortunately for the hand? (laughs) I like that better. Fortunately for the hand. Fortunately for the hand, none of you at this exact moment in time notice that it is scampering away. Faileth, I don't believe that Quarry will be particularly pleased if you bring that jar with a head in it with us. But it's mine. He gave it to me. He was going to be my mentor. I don't believe you will have enjoyed necromancy as much as you seem to think. Oh, probably not. I do have a thing with zombies. but I don't know. This place is just so cool. Uh, Faileth is going to start uh, poking around and exploring the space to look for more cool stuff. Give me an investigation check. Uh, that is a 12 plus 4 16. Excellent. We'll come back to you after we find out what the rest of the party is going to be doing as well. Melian, are you going to help Faileth poke around or Oh no, Melian's going to like take a knee and like start to try and he pulls out some bandages from his bag and starts patching himself up. The worst thing that could happen would be that he gets an infection and then it affects his shape-shifting. Andre? 
Alright, now stop struggling and give me your other arm as he's trying to fight. Or other hand as he's trying to feel for it. Oh! Brucey's gone away! So there was a third one in here. And he holds out a stump towards you. Perhaps it always was just a stump. <laughs> Andre just looks confused. Seeing that, Andre will be go, Alright, I'll just collapse your legs then. And then he'll try and manacle his legs instead of his uh, hands. Assuming these will fit around his legs. You can do it around his ankles, but imagine someone... Imagine you're trying to do this to a toddler. That's basically how fun this is going to be. I do that all the time. You put manacles on the toddlers all the time? I mean, yeah, but I call them seatbelts. <laughs> if you ask the toddlers, though, they're definitely manacles. If I get anyone knocking at my door, I know why now. FBI, open up. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't shoot! So, while you're trying to get those manacles onto his legs... Let's find out what Kawari keeps jumping in to try and say. I mean, it's changed, like, so many times. Did Kawari hear the comment about the runaway hand? All that this individual said was that, Oh, Brucey's gone away! I mean, right after Andre asked for his other hand. I mean, okay, so, like, this is a two-part question. One is, did Kawari hear that? Second is, does Kawari know anything about, like independently motivated limbs. Give me a religion check, because yes, this is a small enough room that everyone can hear. Twelve. You know enough that bodies can be stitched back together and animated, but your knowledge of independently interacting appendages, organs... It's not really that you don't have much on that. Okay, so I didn't witness things like this during the rebellion. Then Corey is going to proceed with the original thing that I almost interrupted for, which was to go over to Melian and say, Are you all right? You look rather injured. Perhaps I could help. Uh, if you... Actually, I think I'm still... Mini, I'm just still twin faileth. <laughs> As I recall, I have not shapeshifted out of that form, so um, I, I have taken a few wounds, but uh, perhaps we should save your healing powers for when we are we are in more danger. Well, if you if you think that's best, then I I will rely on your judgment. But if you change your mind, do let me know. And then Quarry will sidle up to Andre. Not sure how he how how it's going, manacling this strange person. And as you are crossing the room to sidle up to Andre, faileth, faileth, faileth. There are quite a few different things that you find. There are different appendages, all scattered about in various jars that. There's some. There's a hand in one that, as you get close, taps. There's a couple other heads. There's a jar where there's a heart that's beating. There's a book. 
looks to be quite new, recently penned. The, the leather looks quite good. Uh, and if you leaf through it, it has various drawings of corpses in the body. And Faileth has never wished she could read more than in this moment. Are you going to pocket that for study later? I mean, she can't read. But she's like, well, I could at least look at the pictures. There's also a couple letters scattered about from the looks of it. Hey, didn't we come here to catch a gnome? Yes, and he is strangely missing. I just remembered that. Have we searched the rest of the house? Is there more to this house? Well, Faileth does have a jar with a gnome's head in it. I do, but you said it wasn't that one. Not the correct gnome. Faileth, are you holding a book? Yeah. You cannot read. No, but look at the cool pictures. She flips it open to a picture that sort of looks like that Da Vinci picture that everyone knows about anatomy. Uh, except there's lots of points and, like, stitching on it. Melian cocks an eyebrow and then says, Where did you get this book? Just over there. You will want to keep its contents hidden from the paladin, as they may not understand your curiosity. And I believe this book has to do with necromancy. Yeah, I figured since it's in a necromancer place, I was kind of hoping I could give myself three arms. You are not dead, Faileth. Uh, I mean, no, not officially. Nor unofficially. And I intend to keep it that way, young lady. I mean, I'm a little bit dead. However, are you intending to learn necromancy from this book? Uh, I mean, no, I can't read. And you have no companions who are able to read and have been circumspect about your desires? I mean, are you going to read me this necromancy book, Nalian? I see no reason why I could not. Oh my god, I love you so much. You know, my mother said I had a, a real talent for necromancy, which I'm not sure why she thinks that, because I've never done it before, but wouldn't it be cool to know a little necromancy? I have heard that some necromancers have healing powers in addition to their ability to create. However, Faileth, it is important that I know that you are only seeking this power in service of good and not in service of yourself. What's the difference? If you are seeking it in service of good, you will consider the needs of others like myself before acting. Oh, do you want three arms? I can do that for you too. Melian, <laughs> Melian, in a rare show of humor, uses his necromantic power, or necromantic, Jesus, his shape-shifting powers to generate a tiny little arm out of his chest. And he's like, I have no need of your necromancy to give myself a third arm, but it is very difficult to control. It's so tiny and cute. I love your third arm. It seems to just keep grasping at the air. <laughs> it's like a baby arm. Oh my god. Malian, it's adorable. Yes, but uh, I believe that the minds of mortals are not meant to control three upper appendages. It is too difficult to keep track of. And then he, re he reabsorbs the arm. So I have to do something about my brain as well. Got it. 
I'm, I'm put. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Hmm. That was not the message I intended to convey, but you have sometimes shown yourself to be more wise than I. We will read this book together in secret. Awesome. Yeah, we probably shouldn't tell either of the paladins. You see, you're demonstrating your wisdom already. My mum did say she thought I was growing up a little. Frankly, I'm offended. I should get into trouble. Please don't. <laughs> Do not seek the trouble out. It seems to have an easy enough time finding you on its own. I mean, that's pretty true. All right. So, should we try to, like, find that gnome now? My suspicion is that he will be long gone. While this conversation and such have been going on, Andre, what have you been up to? Basically, he's just kind of been questioning Reginald the whole time. Be like, what's this thing? Uh, what are you doing here? Trying to see if we get any more answers on what they were doing here and why they were here. My name is Rogie. I don't know who this Reggie person is. I'm just here to help them lift things. And click the pretty lights. If you pull that, it makes a pretty light. Then what is this thing? And he's pointing to the stitched up monstrosity on the floor. Oh... Oh, it's no one anymore. It used to be someone. Many someones, actually. The doctor was really good at making sure that they kept well till we could use them. But now he's dead, too. I wonder if they'll use him next. And he just smiles. This really wide smile. And sort of rocks back and forth a little bit. And what would have you done if this thing had awoken? Delivered it downstairs. Like the others. How many other of these are there? He looks at his hand that he currently has. And then he looks at his stump and goes... And then he holds them out both towards you and goes, If Brucey was still here, I'd have this many. I see. And then he'll kind of just stop asking questions and look out the room. Everyone can get back in. Quarry, you can easily gather up the documents. What would you guys like to do? Where'd you like to go? Andre, do you think... Actually, hold on. The first cast I should ask is necromancy like this a crime? I mean, they've been presumably stealing dead bodies. I know not all necromancy is necessarily frowned upon the way that the followers of soul. Most assuredly. In that case, uh, Quarry will say, Andre, do you think we should perhaps get uh, some guards here to clean this up and, and gather what they can to bring those responsible to justice. 
I would assume if they could do that, they would have done such before. I'm one for burning this place to the ground. Well, um... When the paladin mentions burning the place to the ground, Melian gives him a new speculative look like, this is a much more pragmatic paladin. For once, Faileth is not immediately like, yes, burn things! There's, like, other houses and stuff around here. We're, like, in the middle of a city. Can't just burn it down. Even I know that! And now Melian gives Faileth a, a contemplative look like, what? Where am I? And Faileth, like, shifts her eyes towards all the cool stuff in the room and gives Melian a significant look. Well, perhaps the guard was not aware that this was here. This may provide them evidence that they did not have. And even if not, I think it would be best that this whatever is here does not fall into the wrong hands and that the Cult of Bliss is not able to come back to this location. Or we could put it under watch and see who does come back. Assuming that we haven't been, this place hasn't been scouted as compromised. As I said, someone else was watching from across the street. Hmm. Also, you know, the gnome. Who's strangely not in this building. When we were here to catch, that I forgot about because necromancy is cool. Quarry gives Faileth a look. Cass, does this house, like, obviously have no other rooms? There are obviously no other rooms on this top level. But you guys did walk past two rooms on the main level. Mm, and I did swear I heard three people up here, but I don't know. Maybe they made an auditory sound. What did they have with another one of those body things? This one did mention more of and those things. And he'll point to the area where the body would be. <laughs> it looks like he had at least greater than five sent down stairs is where it was going, which doesn't make sense. Perhaps we should check the rooms downstairs then before we leave. If there are any guards nearby, perhaps you could have one ensure that no one uh, stumbles in here and takes things that they should not. Mm. Out of character question, Cass, did I see any other city guards on the way here? Yep, you definitely saw city guards out and about. Nothing's necessarily really changed in regards to the operations of the city. They're not as prevalent in Dockside, really, but it's just because it's a bit more dangerous for them. So when they do travel, they travel in larger groups. I can see if I can find a group of town city guards to come by right quick. Should be able to explain things along the way. Would you three want to check the rooms while I'm doing that? Or do we want to do that afterwards? I'm I'm happy either way. I'm just reluctant to uh, leave this room unguarded given what is here. Melian, Faileth, your opinions? Oh, you know, whatever's. I agree with the paladin. Well, then perhaps given that we have time pressures, we must... Return to see Lord Buchanan and Lady Gessa, and we still have to visit the appraiser and Alan and the princess one more time before we can go uh, underground. And we should we should also likely uh, rest so that we are well prepared for what awaits us. Uh, the less time that we spend here, the better. 
If you would be so good, Andreas, to gather some guards while we quickly look through these two remaining rooms. Of course. And maybe I can take have a couple to take this one back and see if he's got any useful answers. An excellent idea. And with that, you guys will split up briefly. Andre, it won't take you very long, but you will be able to find a group of guards to bring back to the house. As to the other rooms, one of them appears to be a, some form of kitchen, likely utilized for sustenance, and the other is a bedroom. It had cots in it for four people to sleep in. Hey Cass, a random question. Yep. Uh, could I have a couple of those guards go to the house across the street that Andre saw someone watching over from as well? You wield the princess's authority in this situation, so it is what you will it to be. Cool. And Andre would like to be part of that group as well. When the guards come up to the door, and you do as well, the door will open only slightly, just a crack, and an old lady's voice will go, What do you want? Apologies for the late night, but there is suspicious activity coming from this house, and we must inspect it. It's the middle of the day. I will not ask again, and Audrey will pull his sword out. Please step aside, or we will force our way in. You push the door open. There's a gnarled old lady searching through the house. It appears to just be her. There is a chair for knitting and people watching right by the window upstairs. After searching, he'll come down. He'll come to, uh, I'm assuming, an old lady, is what it sounded like. An impoverished old lady, from the looks of it. Excuse me, ma'am. I do have some questions for you, and I would like some answers. And I'd like my taxes to actually go to improving this area. And she sticks her finger up at you and taps you on your chainmail. That is being addressed, ma'am. I am under a different mission. Of course you are. Were you looking at us across the street half an hour ago? You mean when you kicked down my neighbor's door and a gleaming paladin of soul walked through the street blinding people? Of course. Why? I don't go out much. What else have you seen come between that house? Lots of boxes. Deliveries, mostly. Looks like they come from Pantheon Row. Or at least, west. And how long ago did these packages start coming to this build- this house? Oh, months ago. Have you seen individuals come in and out as well? Well, I saw you and the gleaming tall one. Besides us. Well, of course, there's the owner of the house. There's the landlord that comes every once in a while. They're mostly quiet people. Don't stir up any trouble. Mm, Cass, can I do an inside check to see if she's telling me the correct number of people? Go right ahead. Oh, wow. Uh, That's a 24. She seems to be holding something back in the way that her eyes shift a bit. That... A bit of a nervous tick. But you can't be sure. Is it about the numbers? 
It's about the boxes. It's about them being good neighbors. So she seems kind of nervous. Of course. She's also being talked to by an official who has barged into her house under threat. Ma'am, I've been investigating things for years. You know, it's easy to tell when some people are not being 100% forthright. And you seem to be a bit more nervous than you should be. What can you tell me about the people across the street? And Andre will be a bit foreboding and I'm just a weak old lady. I barely have enough money to put food on my table. And she looks up at you. How much gold does he have on him? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You cut. I guess you cut out. Yeah, I heard she looks up at me and then what? Oh no, she looks up at you expectantly. She's just a poor old woman who can barely afford to live. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to check. How much do I actually have on this character? Oh, good lord, how do you do that in D&D Beyond? Is there a currency? I mean, we learned last time that tipping somebody one gold is like an obscene amount of money in this part of town, so you probably don't need to have much. Oh, there it is, currency. Okay. Andre will pull out a gold and thumb it and then I'm assuming are we near a table by chance you are if that's where you decided to have this conversation with her and he'll go for your initial hospitality but if you give something useful and he'll set the coin down I'm sure I can give a bit more well you didn't hear this from me and she suddenly becomes very helpful as she starts talking about how it actually started approximately nine months ago, just after a new landlord took over that building. The previous one had been, uh, had fallen in the river, actually. Maybe with some rocks tied in a bag. But that thing, it happens around here. It happens quite normally, and yes, there was some kind of investigation, but no one knows who did it. But the building was bought not long after by a gnome. Uh, she can't remember the name of the gnome, but she remembers that he was some prestigious individual. And that when he'd bought the building, that there was other people around had been asking him about seeing if they'd want to buy, if he'd want to buy their buildings too. But he wanted that building, only that building, specifically that building. And she sort of tuts a bit and goes, I don't know, he might have been a noble or something like that. But he comes around every couple of weeks. I assume it's to collect rent, but honestly, the individuals that live over there, there's a man, and then there's another, there's a younger man, and others come and go in and out at all times and hours of the day, and the screams that you hear from over there every once in a while... Uh, they say it's cats but I just never liked it but they haven't ever caused me problems how's, help, how's that for helpful and she smiles at you and you realize that she does not have all of her teeth <laughs> Audrey will set two more gold on the counter very she will 
snatched those up. Even before your hand has moved away from them. She has snatched those up, and they have disappeared somewhere into the folds of cloth that are draped over her form. Should anyone come asking about what we asked you, tell them that you saw they asked questions about people coming in, and you saw just their just our group. Of course, of course. Say that was at knife point. You too, and he'll talk to their guards. We didn't come here. Let us let us move on. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, one more thing that I should mention. I was friends with the previous owner of that building. Well, friends is a bit of a, a stretch. And he was in business with a man named, oh, what was it? What was it? Oh, Penner. Um, something Penner. He was asking a lot of questions about what happened to his friend. He used to own a shop somewhere down in Dockside. I think it's now a, a shop selling cheap weapons for adventurers or something like that. Kept asking questions, trying to find what happened to his friend. That's when he disappeared. So you be safe out there. And if you ever have any more... any more need for someone's eyes watching this neighborhood, I most certainly can do it for a fee. Thank you. I will keep that in consideration. And he'll note write some notes down and make his way up. And she will slam the door behind you and scream through it and stay out. Likely to keep up appearances. And Andre will cover his hand, hands over his head and just be like, to pretend to be like, ah, that was horrible before and then move on. And with that, you'll all be able to meet up once more. Rogi will go off with the guards with one last look back at your group, and he'll say, Pretty girl, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And they will walk him away, taking him to a guard tower. And before one of the guards get, can I replace my manacles from one of the other guards? Most assuredly. Okay. With that... Let us return to outside the house. Before we get too far, Faileth, you're carrying a book out of character. It is a manual of flesh golems. Cool. So you can note that down. Cool. You, of course, don't know that yet. <laughs> nope. Well, you know, but Faileth doesn't. Can't wait for Melian to read it to you. <laughs> That's right. Then you stitch this body part together. Faileth says, okay, three arms. Got it. Fela starts the cult of Neo Bliss. We've already got one. Quarry goes to defend Faileth and is like, she's not a... Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, crap, she's a necromancer now. This is a problem. That's awkward. We return out to that street. There are now guards that are... Keeping the building under watch and a perimeter around it. Will you be notifying any guard posts nearby? Or the city guard back at their 
main location about this building, or are you just condemning these guards to wait here until no one comes to relieve them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll... Andre will... His goal would be trying to ask the group if they wouldn't mind stopping by the central point. Otherwise, he'd have to go there on his own. He would also be telling them as on the way there, telling the rest of the group what the old lady told him about what she saw in the house and how in all the timelines. Mm. We have to go to the back to the city hall, and there's probably a guard thing on the way or near there, Cass. The actual central guard hub is. Uh, at the city hall. Hmm. Well, then that that works out perfectly. <laughs> One of the attached buildings that is attached to the Hall of Justice. I feel like, and this is an exaggeration, but I feel like that is the first convenient thing to happen in this campaign. Everything else has been like, I turned over this rock and I found, oh no, more things. This is like, oh, that actually works out. Somehow more rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that all say turn me over. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> I think I noticed that actually where I'm at right now. You guys have like six quests at the moment where I'm at. Yes. We have so many. There are so many things going on. Becoming a problem. Quest log full. Quest log full. <laughs> Anyway, so that's really convenient and amazing. So I think that we should head for the city hall. And you can head back to the city hall. No one will get in your way. Are you guys following along the general route which you took the last time? No, because I climbed over a building to get there last time. <laughs> yeah, I went through walls. I mean, once you were on the street. No, we let, we let Andre guide us because he's from here, isn't he? He's not from here, but he's been in the city longer than you. Alright, well, Andrew will take them the fastest way to the city hall from this point. Okay, so then you'll cut over to Northmaker's March, and you'll take the straight-through road down. Going that way, you will unfortunately not pass by the shine who faileth, or someone disguised as faileth, change the entire prospects of with a single coin. You will instead make it to the city hall with no problems whatsoever. In total, it's probably been about an hour and a half since you were back at the City Hall. Since this all began now. Is anybody still there? Oh, everybody had to do interviews with the princess, so, like, they're bound to have somebody still there. As you come back into the halls, you make your way towards the council chambers. That There are still guards at the doors to it. Andre, before you went in, before you went into the main chamber, had uh, taken a quick jaunt down the hall to speak with some of the higher-ranking guards or their assistants. And while they were a bit disgruntled that you are telling them to do this. Word has quickly spread of the princess. Of, to be honest, the duchess of these lands now.
and they will begrudgingly follow your orders. After you return back to the group, you can enter back into the council chamber. And it appears that most of them are still here. They seem to just be all sitting and talking. Is the princess still here? Yes. Uh, Faileth goes and sits under the bleachers. You're being one of the cool kids? Yes. I'm going to smoke cigarettes. You can't stop me, Dad. Okay, so sorry. Just so I'm imagining this right. They're like, everybody's there together and they're not still doing their one-on-one meetings with the princess? It, at the moment, does not appear. Actually, from the looks of it, they might be taking a, a meal break. Oh, okay. The princess has lain out some kind of tablecloth? You don't know where it's from, and it just looks like it's been filled with plates and food and I have always wanted these all my life. What are what? A magic tablecloth that you put down on the table and you say, table, lay thyself. And it has all kinds of delicious food on it that you didn't have to cook. I want one of those in real life. Nobody else ever heard this story? No. I definitely have. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, good. (laughs) And yes, I want one too. I remember hearing it as a kid and being like, this is the best magic item in the whole world. Why don't I have one? The tablecloth and also the pot that makes anything. Oh, uh, yeah, but or I'm thinking of the one that... And then they make too much porridge and it, like, fills up the whole house. Yes! Yes, I wanted both of those. Such a good story. That's the pot where you ask it to make something, but then when you... Is it the one where you open it and then if you close it and then you open it, it makes more each time? No, that's another one. This one you have to say boil bubble pot bubble or something and it starts and then you have to say stop pot stop if you forget to say stop pot stop it turns your whole house into porridge (laughs) there's so many magic food stories turns your whole house into porridge there was so much porridge in that story just everywhere and I don't like porridge but I've never wanted porridge more it sounded so good it did oh time to burn the house down (laughs) So I guess Corey would sort of look to Andre to see if he is going to go make a, a report to the princess, because that's his role, and Corey doesn't want to overstep. So if it looks like Andre's going to do that, then Corey will hang back. He'll say, we all should probably report what we saw, not just myself. And try and motion for both everyone before saying that Fela's not there. It's like, uh. Melian looks very pleased then, and starts to like clean up his, just brushing, like, lint off his bandages. And, like, does that thing where he, like, rolls his shoulders to try and get his pecs to perk up, I guess? I wonder if Kawari has noticed this interest of Melian's, because, like, I have mending. I could could repair some of the, like, rips that I assume you've got in your clothing. Make you look a little more presentable. Well, I don't wear a shirt, right? I'm already bare-chested. Right. So, I mean, it's, there's not a lot to... It's just now I've got wounds. Fela starts stabbing in the wood of the bleachers with her bone knife. <laughs> <laughs> with that dagger that Amelian bought you? Yep. Just 
stabbing. <laughs> Starts carving every, like, rude gesture she can think of. Melian's hair somehow gets more, like, a deeper red and more fulsome, and then he, like, swoops it up so that it's, it's a little bit more volumey now and looks and looks cleaner. Oh, I love it. Just as you've finished this, as you've swooped your hair up, as you've gotten yourself looking the best as you can, as you look across the room towards the princess, as she's talking and people are eating, she stops and she looks up and she catches your eye looking straight over to you and goes, Oh, please, everyone, come join us. Thank you. And we head over. As your party comes closer, she'll go, Oh, where did Faelith go? There are sweets here, too. Melian looks to the place that he knows that Faelith is hiding and says, Faelith had important business to take care of, which precludes, unfortunately, her having any of these sweets. Perhaps she will find her way here before we are done, in a very loud voice. <laughs> It is a testament to how unhappy Faelith is with this situation that she does not come out at the first mention of sweets. Oh, Faelith. She just stabs more. Audrey will take some of the sweets and put them in his bag for her later. See, this is how you win yourself the affection of a Faelith. <laughs> well, Audrey has kids, so... But also earn some ire from a uh, Malian. What are you doing? Are you... Trying to steal my Faelith? Oh, the jealousy abounds here. What's going on? <laughs> We're not messed up. You're messed up. Square Forbes. Neither of us have issues. Leave us alone. Actually, I think, honestly, I think Melia would probably be completely oblivious. Like, of course someone else grabbed sweets. That's the thing I should have thought of. As you get closer, the princess... She'll take in the sight of each of you, and she will, for the first time, notice how bandaged you are, Melian, and she will go, and her hand will go up, one of her hands will go up to her mouth, and, and she'll make a, a brief, small gasp, and then she'll look at you and go, did you catch him? Were you able, oh, you did say that Faileth was out and about, but you must have been able to find her. It looks like you got hurt. Indeed, we were accosted by a necromancer in the city. Hey, guys, before it goes on, are the other council members like like who's all in this general area around the princess right now like all the council members you have all of the council members except Remelwyn you have Fulgrim and then there is also the captain of the guard like the current actual full on leader of the guard is here his name is Captain Tyler you don't know what his first name is that's his second name all right, um, Audrey will cut in like, um, Your Highness, a quick moment. I believe what we need to discuss should be out to be private. Please, first, eat, and let me help tend to your wounds. Then, you can brief me. And then, we will resume our discussions. And you can the just shift in her demeanor as... She says that they'll resume discussions. You see a couple of the council members, Lord Elbank, Lord McTeer, both sort of shrivel in on themselves a bit. As you wished, my lady. If you will sit down and eat, 
she will come over to you, Melian. And she got a 26 for her medicine check, uh, looking you over. On a scale of <laughs> hit points, how many hit points is Melian missing? Uh, 21. Okay. You will get you will get 20 hit points back. Nice. Is anyone else visibly injured? Oh no, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Or Kuari's doing pretty good. Andre looks slightly injured, but not as threatening as Melian had. Well, she rolled the same number again. So on a scale of hit points, how many are you missing? Andre's only missing eight. You will get ten back. He will thank her. As she places her hand first on Melian and says a brief prayer to Hime. Your wounds will knit closed. And then she will place her hand on onto you, Andre, and she will say a brief prayer. And then she will lead you all back to take your seats. Melian, she has you sit between her and Zadok Marsh. Mm. And on the other side of Zadok Marsh is Lord Elbank, and he looks so uncomfortable having you there. Uh, Melian quickly tries to figure out how much he remembers about using utensils. He did have a, a recent refresher when they ate at the Buchanan place, so hopefully he'll, he'll be doing all right. So looking out on this tablecloth, it looks like most of the food has actually been eaten, and she places her hands on it, closes her eyes, and then, with her eyes still closed, brings her hands and claps twice, and all of the plates, the goblets, they'll vanish and then reappear, and now they are refilled with food and drink. And all of it, luckily, is finger food. Uh, Melly will start to eat as pro- as properly as he knows how. As will Quarry, which is probably less properly than Melian is doing it. And Andre just kind of eats a little bit, but not too much. Uh, kind of like what you'd expect a soldier how to eat. Before remembering his place, like, oh, can't do it that way. After your meal, you will be able to get the princess off to the side... Not completely alone, just in a small antechamber to the council room. What would you like to report to her? Is Andre going to go first, or...? Andre would go, Quarry, if you would like to report first. Uh, of course. Thank you. Uh, well. Uh, well. Uh, your royalty. We... We pursued the gnome, but... We're not able to locate him. However, the house that we pursued him to was full of necromancy. I'm afraid it is as we feared that the Cult of Bliss is operating in this area. And Andre here was good enough to have some guards set to... Ensure that the house does not fall into the wrong hands now that we know what is there. You honor me, Paladin. I wish to burn it to the ground. They talked reason to me. Well, I can certainly understand the desire to burn it to the ground. We were concerned for the uh, surrounding buildings. And 
I thought perhaps if an investigation were to be done that some further information could be gleaned from it. We, as you know, are on a on a tight timeline and our priority at the moment is to find the children that have been taken. And so we did not spend over much time examining the house and its contents. That is very wise. It truly is as we fear that necromancy has taken a foot. That it dwells here in the heart. I am afraid so. What else did you discover there? Did you have any clues about where this gnome may have gone? About what the necromancers are doing? About the end goal the cult of bliss hopes to obtain? We did gather some papers. I have them. And have not had a chance to read them yet. We killed some, took one prisoner, but he seems strangely childlike, and I'm not sure how much information he will be able to provide. It seems he was an assistant for one of the ones that we killed. They were taking body parts and reassembling them, I believe for reanimation. They had done it several times before we were able to stop the one that they were doing when we arrived. I believe they may have spread the necromantic reanimated corpses about the city in boxes. And there's one disturbing thing. The ground there was hollowed for some reason. Yes, in the basement. Hollowed? Or do you mean desecrated? Do you know what god it was proclaimed to? Or against? Cass, would I have known that at the time? Or just known that it was desecrated, basically? You just knew if it was under the effects of a hollow spell or not. And you can unhollow or unhollow, and desecration is basically the same as unhollowing. Okay. I apologize. I do not know what deity it was created for. And Corey, you told us everything that you learned from the old woman, right? Correct. Andre did. The other thing that that Andre was able to learn was that this may have something to do with Quent. It seems that the man who owned the house was a friend of Derek Penner, who owned the, the store and the home and the, the properties that Jasper Quint bought up when he came to town. He asked too many questions, and it appears was murdered. The house was then bought by a gnome, who the observer thought to be a noble of some sort. And so it seems the Cult of Bliss is somehow tied up with whatever is happening with the weapons. Do you think that the gnome was Remelwind? I don't know that the description we had could allow us to be very certain, but... Well, the area of town that the house is in is not frequented by people of wealth, shall I say? So the fact that he fled there seems... Unless you have a infestation of highborn gnomes seems likely she will look to Andre who's been in the city longest to know 
if there is an infestation of highborn gnomes? He is the only one I know of, and the only one proclaimed by Lord Leidenfarth. Lord Leidenfaith? Yes, that is the one. And the timelines match up. When he attacked us, I had suspicions at that time that he had to be associated, but this... It has greater credence to that. It means that an individual who has wielded considerable amount of power here has brought the corruption to the very heart. Corruption that I am sure, and she looks to each of you, that you will stamp out. Now, while this conversation is ongoing, Faileth, this conversation is happening in a different room. Have you snuck towards the tablecloth for sweets? Oh, yeah. As soon as they left, I am absolutely enjoying myself at the table. Are you enjoying yourself invisibly? Or... No. The princess isn't here anymore, so I don't care. Lord Buchanan uh, and Master Marsh are both talking to you. And Lady Gessa is also talking to you. She really wants to know more about what was going on in Barrowman's. Please, tell me, child, what was going on in my town? Okay, so, everyone was basically zombies, sort of. It was really weird, it's like they were astral projecting their souls, maybe? Anyway, their bodies were, like, lying in their beds and weren't moving, but eh, but their, like, essence, I suppose, was kind of going about their day-to-day life. But... At night, when there was no light out, they turned into, like, full zombie things. But they weren't dangerous. I thought maybe they'd attack us or something. But actually, they just needed some help. So, I got a child army, see. And we used lights because when they have light, they were more like people and less, like, zombie light-needing things. And we found out that, like, their souls, I suppose being trapped in this like green stone thing so we got like a bunch of fire and we did like a whole like catacombs visit which was really cool we found some really nice bones oh also there was a woman who collects feet and that was brilliant and i got a cool necklace from her and yeah then we found a thing oh and we were trapped in there because there was like a bubble around the town which was also very weird uh, otherwise, I would have just left, because as cool as zombie things are, it wasn't really our, you know, our mission. Oh, and there was a whole thing where our friend Jovan did, like, something in his brain. I was never fully clear on what was happening with that. Anyway, it hurt him a lot, and he's still there in, like, a coma or something, which really sucks, because I liked him. Um, And I think we won. Anyway, we got out of there, and I'm pretty sure they got their souls back. So all's well that ends well, right? She looks so confused. But she'll continue to ask you a few more questions. She'll ask you about specific people, about names. She'll ask you about if anyone died. There was one kid named Quaaludes. <laughs> she will ask you if anyone actually died, how the town is doing. And also then she'll ask you about the monastery. She'll ask you if the maidens helped you at all. Oh, yeah! I like the squirrel one the best. They're super nice, by the way, the maidens. Oh, I have to actually finish fixing their shrines or something really bad will happen to me. However, I'm pretty sure I have till I die to do it. But I better not forget. I don't think anyone actually died. Town seems more or less fine. I forget your other question. She calms down a bit. And is very helpful in passing you some more sweets. Ooh, these ones have marshmallow. 
Moving back to the conversation occurring in the antechamber. I wonder if there is some way to find the Lord, uh, the one that Remelwyn was standing in for. I, I wonder because two people have been murdered so that these, whoever they are, whatever they're doing, can achieve their ends. If he hasn't been seen, how do we know that he's even still alive? So I know the old lady mentioned that there was an investigation, but nothing happened. Did Andre see multiple instances during his time here? Like people dying and then there was an investigation, but nothing was concrete? Because you were pretty much keeping yourself on the very like down low, hidden, not drawing attention while you were here gathering information you're not necessarily sure about the end result of most of investigations and such. There weren't that many deaths aside from like accidental tavern brawls, runaway carts, old age during your time that you've been in the city that you've picked up information about. It's just a thought. I I don't know what we would achieve learning that one way or another and it just something that occurred to me but of course we have a great deal left to do there was something that i myself have been wondering eight to nine months ago every single member of the council is adamant that lord Lydenfaith appointed Remelwyn during a dinner party which each of the council was invited to and attended but some of the council members are very foggy on the details and are also adamant that they were doing something else on that night. That's correct. Uh... As if there are two sets of memories. Andre, what did your investigation uncover? There was a similar dinner held, but... Lady Gessa was in the Barrowmans at the time. Nowhere near the city at all. That's correct. Lord Leidenfaith is... His lands are quite far to the south. I will have a rider sent, but... By the time we learn what's going on there... It, it will be... Some... Some time. So one last question, Cass. The guards, or have only the higher-ups seem like they're not happy about taking orders from Andre, or, or has it been all the city guards? Uh, really, just the higher-ups, but also, that's sort of to be expected. Think about it. You've been working at... You've been working your way up over the years, and suddenly someone new is brought in. Someone who, to them, isn't a local doesn't know what's going on and is just being inserted 
into the process. Let's just say the change management wasn't handled uh, quite the best. At least on the outside, it doesn't seem like they're resisting you from the perspective of their evil and working with the enemies. From the way that they've resisted you, it seems like they are perhaps testing boundaries, setting, making it abundantly clear that this was not what they had hoped for. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted to, that's kind of what I was asking to make sure what degree was it like, oh, it's a new person, don't like person, or hey, we need to undermine this guy. The princess will look at each of you and say, thank you. Is there anything else that I can do to help your investigation? Audrey will look at Quarry and Melian. Mm, Unless you have a suggestion, Melian, I think at this time we have a number of stops to make together more information. We are still... Hold on, let me now check this. We're still looking... we, We still need more of the symbols, right? Yes, you still need more of the symbols. Uh, We still require more of the symbols from the locations that the children were taken to help us in our search for where they may be held now. Perhaps the guard has seen any? To be honest, one of the characters, one of the player characters, is carrying a map stolen from a guard tower. Ooh, ooh, I have that! That may or may not have had the original locations of the symbols the guards had found noted on it. Yeah, I totally have that. But Andre doesn't know that. And neither does Kawari. Uh, Kawari probably knows, yeah. Oh no, Kawari does know because you just didn't tell me how you got it. How we got it? I just told you we got a map from the guards. Yes, I recall this now. Okay, wait. So we do know the other locations and now we just need to go to the appraiser. Yeah, if, I mean, if you mention that you need to know uh, locations, Melian will probably be like, oh, I still have this map. Perhaps this is what you are looking for. You guys have locations. You don't have the actual symbols from those locations. Oh. But if you... One thing that I can say, because this was also meant to make this easier, having Andre here, is that the fact that the guards at that tower knew where these symbols were likely means they probably have copies of them. You just have to compel it out of them. Hmm. Sounds like what we really need is to have uh, a discussion about what exactly it is we're looking for. Yeah, I think as a group we need to regroup. Will you guys be regrouping in this antechamber? Or will you be leaving to have this discussion about regrouping? Well, we want Shayla to be involved, so we'll probably have to go collect her. We still have to see Lady Gessa and Lord Buchanan before we leave. I assume then most of you are going, or at least you plan to go back out into the main chamber. As you head back out into the main chamber, uh, the princess will ask Melian to stay for a moment. And just out of sight, she will pull out a handkerchief and tie it around your arm and then look at you and say, Come back. Melian will give the absolute lowest bow, like the most proper and lowest bow he absolutely can, and then will take her hand and say, 
I will do my utmost. And then kind of thank his lucky stars that Faleth isn't here to see this, because he suspects this might make things more difficult. Whatever gave him that impression? She's so civil. And then with that, you can rejoin going out there. Going out, you see that Faleth is sitting there at the at the tablecloth, talking away and stuffing her face with sweets. And with that interaction between Melian and the princess and the party coming back together with Lord and Lady Gessa and the other council members, as well as the captain of the guard and Fulgrim all there. That's where we'll end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Hello, I pl- uh, my name is Corey, and I play, I'm playing, guest playing, good lord, English is hard. Uh, let me try that again. While this conversation and such have been going on, Andre, what have you been up to? We have temporarily lost Corey. Oh. Oh no. Sasha, you're super, super quiet. I put my boom mic up for take a drink and then I didn't put it back out. <laughs> what you said was what Quarry was going to say, so I'll, you go ahead. What's this? What did I find here? Oh, ten episodes of Campaign One in a row. All the way to the end of the arc. I can't wait to tell everyone. Oh, is this recording? <laughs> <laughs>